You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pac-12, where we keep you up to date on everything Conference of Champions. There's no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, hosted by your girl, Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're bringing our Pac-12 football preview to an end with a breakdown of Cal. I'm your host, Cindy Robinson, and I'm joined by Brian Brown from Locked On Utes. Brian, how you doing? Always a great day when I get to hang out with my favorite locked on Pac-12 co-host, without a doubt. Yeah, Sorry, your, your favorite. I was, oh, I was going to say, like, aren't I the only one? But okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I get it. Well, you don't you don't get to co-host with Michael. Yeah, that's why you're my favorite. <laughs> maybe one day we will do one all together. And like maybe ahead of like the season when we're discussing like all the teams or something. That'll World be will combine. That will be fun. That will be fun. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. Mix, a little mix round it table. There we go. Round table discussion. All right. Well, for right now, we have to focus on Cal. And, you know, we're going to start off with the offense like we've been doing. And for Cal, the offense has been their struggle. Definitely. One of the things I'll say the most important thing is they've been struggling with scoring. They've only hit the 30 point mark just five times in the last three seasons. And so that's not the best when you're trying to win games in the Pac-12. It's not. This is an offensive-centric conference. It has been for a long time. It will continue to be that way. And you've got to be on top of that. I think Cal is one of those programs that's trying to rebuild things. And so they've taken the defensive approach or defense-first approach to get there, along with head coach Justin Wilcox, who is a defensive-minded coach. Uh, and there's been a little bit of a, a turnover at the offensive coordinator position as well. Started out with Bo Baldwin. Um, has moved on since then from him and they're still trying to find an identity, which is weird for a program that for so long was based off of, uh, you know, the, the offensive stalwarts that were coming out of Cal, you know, I think Marshawn Lynch, probably the most obvious name, uh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously another one, uh, a lot of historically good players have come from Cal on the offensive Keenan side. Keenan Allen, uh, Marvin Jones. So yes, I, there's, I hear there's you. a long list of them. And, and like, I think, you know, in recent years, we haven't seen that Keenan Allen type name that's gone on to the NFL and just absolutely dominated. Uh, but it's something that they really do need to try and develop, you know, I, Patrick Laird, maybe, I don't know. Well, one thing that we can focus on first is Chase Garber is returning at quarterback. Um, he's a senior. Tip typically the team is better when he's healthy, but the healthy part is a is a major thing. Um, in his first two seasons, he had 28 touchdown passes, ran for 643 yards and five touchdowns in his so I mean the product like the ability is there for sure. Um, size and experience, you know. I was reading something and they said that he has the chance to be quietly the best quarterback in the Pac-12 this season. I I think there's some 
something out there to that, right? Like the way that they've performed when he's been at the helm has been a big part of their success. And I think that's likely the biggest thing that you're going off of, but there's no doubt about it that there are talented quarterbacks ahead of him in terms of ability, both on the field and, and in game situations. You know, if you're looking at the, of the list of guys, it's Keaton Slovis, it's Jaden, uh, Jaden Daniels. It's, you know, like Charlie Brewer, even as a transfer coming in from, from Baylor brings in a massive resume and, and we haven't even gotten to Dorian Thompson Robinson and, and all the other names out there. You know, we don't know what's going to come up at Oregon. We don't know what's going to come up at Sanford, but those are places that traditionally have been very good at the quarterback position. And, and obviously if you're losing a Davis Mills to the NFL, or if you're losing a Tyler Shuck to the transfer portal, it's because there's something in the pipeline, right. Or, you know, eligibility, obviously with the case of, of Davis, but I, I just, I think that's, a very tough thing for myself to get on board with, right? Like, like there's just so much talent in this conference at the quarterback position. Facts. Um, talent that we are, like you said, already know what they can do versus um, let's wait and see. But say all that to say, they do need him to obviously produce this season. Um, offense, ha- like I said, offense has struggled the most. One plus is the wide receivers that they have returning. Uh, Kakoa Crawford, for he's a super senior, um, and they're returning six out of the seven wide receivers tight ends. So offensively, the only thing they're missing that I guess they said that one key loss is Makai Polk that they lost to Mississippi State. Um, but the experience is there. So on top of the experience, like what – do they need to do to turn this around? I think the biggest thing is like you mentioned, is they need to stay healthy at the quarterback position. The offense really rolled when, when Chase Garbers was at the helm of it. Um, but it's, it's, it's finding ways to, to make him uh, a game manager and, and getting the guys around him to really produce, you know, you've got to see more out of Chris Brown uh, at the running back position. You've got to see more out of the wide receivers and the tight ends. Like you were saying, these are all returning guys that are coming back to the position and there's a slew of them too, right? Like it's weird that Cal Stanford and Utah have kind of gone off the, the beaten path in, in a sense and gone more towards the traditional style offense with more tight ends, more kind of a punishing style running game almost, but you've got to be able to be productive with that. You've got to balance the two out. If you're going to be a running football team, you've got to be able to pass the ball when it comes time to do that. And that's the key component. Right. And I think the other part of it too, is that you've got a lot of guys up front that, that, that have some experience on the offensive line. Uh, those guys have to protect Chase Garbers. That's, that's the key component in my mind. And that's something that we really haven't seen from Cal in a minute here in the Pac-12 is they haven't had a, do- a dominant offensive line. And I mean, that would, that would obviously benefit their run game as well. They're hoping to get Christopher Brown back to full health, um, as well as, you know, adding to Damian Moore and Marcel Dancy in that running back core. Um, but without a strong offensive line, it's going to mean nothing. That's the bottom line because you're not going to be able to get anything going, you know, in that regards so with that squad. Now, I mean, they do have guys on the outsides who can make plays. And, and I think losing Pope was a big loss. They've, they've lost, you know, a few guys to the transfer portal this year along with Makai, but that's how it goes now. Like you're just going to lose some dudes, you know, Devin monster in the portal, obviously not a huge loss in terms of actual on-field production, but losing your backup QB can, can hurt a little bit. It just pushes all those younger guys 
up the ladder and into starting position. You know, uh, Spencer Brash, another one that you lost to the transfer portal, looking to get out of there. Um, so those are all things that you're going to be looking at down the down the list is, is you're starting to check boxes behind. Will the offensive line perform? Will the depth at various positions be able to hold up? Will they be able to in, integrate this, these younger recruiting classes that are starting to improve and get on-field production with those guys, especially after a shortened season last year? Now that every team's dealing with it, but what team can maximize it? Those are the teams that are going to rise to the top. And I think for Cal, it's a program that's been so forgotten in some respects. Like It's not one of those teams that we talk about a lot, but it's a team that really can step up and surprise. And I think once they do, you know, like I remember the the Jared Jared Goff years, like when he was there and they were playing well, everybody was talking about it. It's one of those teams that people want to talk about it, but you've got to give them a reason to talk about you. Well, questions that hopefully will be answered come fall. Um, still to come, we're previewing Cal's defense and their opponents in the 2021 season. Something that might help Cal in the upcoming season, Built Bars. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars out there. They have nine different flavors, so a little something for everyone. From coconut to coconut almond, if you're into more fruity flavors, they have cherry and raspberry. If you're sticking with classics like chocolate, they have mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, so much to choose from. Best part, you get all of the flavors of a candy bar, but none of the guilt. Most of the flavors are 17 to 18 grams of protein. They're low in calories, low in sugar, and low in net carbs. Super healthy option. Great for a regular snack, after workout snack, pre-workout snack, whatever floats your boat. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, moving on to this defense. You just mentioned a little earlier that head coach Justin Wilcox is a defensive mind. They also have Peter Sermon at the defensive coordinator position. So the one bright spot about Cal's team is this defense. They finished third in the pack. And yes, they were good, but there's always work to be done. There is. And and this is, uh, you know, a unit that's going to be replacing some guys that moved on to the NFL. Um, but really what it is, is it's about uh, the carryover from last year, right? And, and, and continuing this tradition of, of Justin Wilcox's defensive philosophy, because this is what he's built the program off of. This is where they've dedicated a lot of their resources. This is where they've been uh, typically at their best. But it, for it to really happen, they've got to showcase guys like, you know, Coney uh, Dang, uh, Cameron Good. Uh, especially I think guys in the back end where, where you have returners and Josh Drayden and Elijah Hicks, you know, who are going to be stepping into leadership roles now for Cal, 
but those guys have to set the turn, set the tone for this defense right from the get go. And I think that's, that's something in the past that maybe we haven't seen as much of from Cal. No, you're completely right. You mentioned how they lost some of the guys in the NFL, one of those being Cameron Bynum, who's going to be playing with the Vikings. So if you want to keep watching him, go watch some Viking games. But that secondary is going to need a corner to step up on the other side of Josh Drayton because, you know, filling those shoes, Cameron Bynum, that's that's kind of tough. It really is. And I mean, you don't want to have one side be strong. I mean, that's always the case. There's a strong side, whatever. But you want to have both of those sides be strong um, and not worry about, you know, receivers just taking advantage. I mean, Cameron Bynum was the first team all conference in a conference that's known for producing a lot of defensive backs. So obviously there's something to that position and, and to what he was able to do on the field. Losing him is obviously a blow and, and he's going to be likely, if not starting, playing a lot of heavy minutes with the, with the Vikings, like you said. And so you've got to find a replacement for him and, and guys around him have to pick up, uh, pick up the rope as I have been known to say here on this podcast. Now I've said it like three times, but you've got to, you've got to carry that, that momentum forward. And, you know, I think for me, the big part about it is the leadership aspect. You've got to find guys on the field who are leaders, who are holding other guys accountable on the outside stuff. But when it comes time to, to make plays and be gamers, they're making those plays on the field. And I think that with Cal is something that we really haven't seen in a fullness yet. We haven't seen that defense step up and just really dominate and make plays. Well, a good thing for Cal's defense is that they are returning 11 of the top of their 12 top tacklers and they're adding the transfer Raymond Woody Jr. from FSU. He has size and hopefully he can add to that rotation um, of safeties of, you know, Daniel Scott and Elijah Hicks. But the defense isn't as much of an issue as what we were discussing with the offense. Um, They have a lot of experience coming back. They only have more production to um, work off of. So I think they're in better shape defensively to where it's like not something that anybody has to worry about. No, no. And and you're bringing back several all conference guys. You've got, you know, up front on the defensive line, you've got uh, Josh or uh, excuse me, we talked about Josh Traden, but Brett Johnson and Ziande Johnson who are coming back. and, and, And I think that's, a big deal for a team that really does need to create some pressure um, to help those guys who are stepping into positions in the back end. Now, this is a team that was ranked third overall in the conference in total defense behind Washington and Utah. So, so they're with bringing back 11 of 12 guys that, that bodes very well for what they can do. I think the question is, is where can they improve? You know, like, like where can this defense really take a step forward as you're trying to get guys on the offensive side of the ball into flow um, and, and will maybe the other question too, is will you be able to carry over what you were able to do last year and years previous? Will that be enough on the defensive side of the football to make this team improve? Well, the one thing we've also been talking about is how short, you know, last season was. And so going into the season, granted, like, you know, in those four games that they played last season, you know, they were able to produce what they were, but going from a four game season to another, like to a full, going back to full season, 12 games. Do you think they'll be able to keep up that same production? 
that that's the real question. And I think there are areas of this team that really do need improvement, it, specifically in getting pressures on the quarterback. Only seven sacks last year across four games at the bottom part of the conference. Whereas you're limiting opponents to gaining yards, like you've got to find ways to get people off the field. So it's you know converting on third down. It's it's um, you know, li- or excuse me, limiting conversions on third down. It's getting those sacks in those critical moments. It's producing turnovers. And, and that's something that they just need to really improve on. Uh, I, what I do think is, is very positive for them is they've got some guys out there that can get the job done. And, and so what it boils down to is how well can you prepare these guys in the offseason? How much leadership do they take upon themselves to make their both individual performances, their units, and, and the team as a whole that much better? A lot of questions left to be answered come fall. Um, just know, Cal fans, you aren't in bad shape defensively, but there are some questions we're looking to be answered come fall. So coming up next, we're breaking down the schedule and key games for the Bears. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, NBA playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. There's so much to bet on right now. You have WNBA going on, NBA playoffs, baseball, so much more. And if you're interested in betting on college football coming up, betonline.ag is where it's at. Bet online is your online sportsbook experts. All right, now going over the schedule, Cal is one of those that may have one of the better schedules in Pac-12. I feel like I was just saying this yesterday that these schedules, it's only like maybe two or three teams that have it, you know, not as bad as some of the other ones, Washington being one of those we talked about, but half of that is because they're one of the best teams so most of the teams aren't going to be too much of a struggle for them but their schedule is really light cal schedule i won't say is really light because they are going up against some good opponents but they have a lot of opportunities here to walk away with some games and you know walk away with a winning schedule i mean winning yeah winning season sorry <laughs> all you got to do at the end of the day is win win what's on the paper in front of you you know and that's really all that Cal can do this year. I think their out-of-conference looks solid. Nevada, a nice early-season test. They're a program that's improved, but still, you know, talent versus talent, you should never lose to Nevada. Now, obviously, it's football, it's sports, so you can't ever be like, no, 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 they, they won't lose. Right. But, you know, I think that's, that's one that you have as good a chance as any game on your schedule outside of Sacramento State. Uh, the one that I look at with the out-of-conference game is TCU. I think that's a good early-season test. You know, TCU has been thought of traditionally to be a defensive powerhouse since they've gone into the Big 12. They've become like everybody else down there trying to air raid the, the heck out of the football. And and that'll be a good test for Cal, I think, early on to see how much they've developed, how strong they are in the back end. You know, if if the loss of Cam it really does impact things for them there. And then, you know, after you uh, after you go to Fort Worth, you come back home to play. Sacramento State. So it's nice to have two early home games in the year, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And with them being lighter opponents in a sense, because as soon as the not, I mean, since the conference starts for them, they're kicking it off in Seattle against Washington. And we, like I was just saying a few moments ago, top team, top team in the Pac-12, not just the North. So that's not going to be an easy feat for um, Cal. Probably going to be an L. Let's just keep it real. Um, and then they face Washington State the following week, but back at home at Cal. And I mean, as much as I love my Cougars, we already know what we don't know what they're going to come out with this season. And yes, they're typically not one of the best in the Pac-12. So that is a game that Cal could very much win. Um, they would want to win, I would say that, because following there, then they go to Oregon. So the worst part about um, their early schedule, I would say, is that their harder games are all on the road. TCU, Washington, Oregon. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. But, uh, you know, Cal is one of those teams that historically has come out into those games against Washington and Oregon and put up a, a fight initially. Now, being able to hold on to the end of the game, that's going to be the tough part. I think getting Washington and Oregon earlier in the season probably benefits Cal. Uh, simply because you're bringing back more of an experienced roster than either of those two teams for the most part. Um, Washington State in between there at home, it'll be homecoming weekend for them. I I don't know that that's a huge um, plus or minus either way. The nice part about it is you do get a bye week between that Washington State and Oregon game. So if you do, you know, come through those first two trips uh, up through Washington and then back home, like you've got some time to regroup. And I think those those earlier seasons, so about four, game four, game five, bye weeks are nice because you've been going all since fall camp. You're probably a little gas, get a chance to catch a breath. Um, but yeah, it's the, the most difficult part of their schedule more than likely is that early season part where you've got to hit Washington, Washington State, and then Oregon. Yeah, because in that second half, the games are probably going to be just competitive. The toughest opponent they have is USC. Um, Other than that, Colorado, Oregon State, Arizona, Stanford, UCLA, those are all games that I would say are a toss-up. You really just don't know who, I can't say wholeheartedly who would take it. Arizona should be a win for Cal. Um, Colorado, Oregon State, just competitive games. UCLA, Stanford, we already know the rivalry situation with Stanford. And then finishing, mm, finishing against UCLA, at the Rose Bowl might be a little tough, but with it being towards the end of the season and probably playoff impl- implications, you never know who will take that. It's it's always a, a toss up, I think, and we seem to be getting repetitive with some. I know stuff. we're like it's a toss up. Like, we don't know, but like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, we're recording this on a day where Coach K announced he was retiring next season and Danny Ainge left the Celtics. And we don't know if Joel Embiid's going to be playing. So it's like to to really try and project this stuff three and four months out of the, the loop is, is tough. It is I'm tough. I'm not trying to give myself any, like, outs or anything like that. I'm not LeBron out here trying to tell you that I don't have the talent to get it done. Oh, what are these NBA shots going on today? Like, I'm in that mode. I'm in I that see. mode right now. We got I a jazz see. game tonight. I'm excited about that. Uh, I've been listening to college basketball podcasts. I'm all fired up about basketball. But th- this schedule, I think – the unusual aspect of it is having the big game against Stanford on the 20th and then having to go to the Rose bowl, 
assuming that things go kind of how we expect them to go, you're probably going to lose to Washington. You're probably going to lose to Oregon. You're likely going to lose to USC. Stanford is a toss up. So by the time you get to that UCLA game, you know, you're you're likely going to have four losses at, at the very least on your schedule. What happens in that game? Hard to say. Like, is that going to be a, a point where you're going to want to try and get that last win to feel validated by going eight and four? You know, when you're a player, I think that sounds nice. I think it's more on the coaches to try and get the kids to buy into why it's nice because you're trying to leave the program better than you found it. Um, but it, it's this schedule is, I think, favorable to a Cal team that still is trying to establish themselves in the conference with a brand above just like, Hey, they're, they're chipper, they're competitive. They're trying to climb that ladder. Um, you know, and I think what we'll find out is in those early season games against Washington, Oregon, if you can get a win out of one or two of those, man, now all of a sudden you've got something, something hot and heavy. And then that UCLA game becomes real important, right? Because now you're not just playing to get to eight and four. Now you're playing for something like maybe a possible Pac-12 conference ro- uh, birth, which for Cal, oh man, that would be huge. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely be able to get more in depth about these schedules and you know all of the all of the stuff we've been talking about today as the season actually starts. We just were trying to give a nice little preview, something to look forward to in these months of no football. <laughs> but um, if you're like Brian and more interested in basketball going on right now. You can check out Locked On Today podcast. LeBron James wasn't enough for the LA Lakers. Are they done? Are the Suns going to take it? Who knows? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Continue to follow Locked On Pack 12 on Odyssey app and Locked On Utes as well. I think we'll have to start shifting to some basketball talk so we can compete with the NBA playoffs because, you know, I don't know how much football is actually capturing the attention of the fans right now. It's like it is definitely basketball season right now, and I think it's been a fun year in the NBA. And it's fun to watch guys like Aaron Gordon ball out for for Denver last night and see the impact that he's having for the Nuggets. Like that's where I'm at, you know, from a Pac-12 fan. My guy Kyle Kuzma, he's a Ute, like – not living up to my expectations, man. I'm hoping for big things from him next game. Well, you can also um, keep up with all of Brian's NBA takes at Brown Bear SLC. Look, I got you. (laughs) And then every now and then I'm going to chime in about the NBA playoffs because it's hilarious. Like CP3's dramatic arm shoulder situation where he thought Wes Matthews just got shot. I was literally like, I hope he watches that replay and second guesses everything he just did. But that's here nor there. I will have random takes on my Twitter every now and then, underscore Cindy Robinson. And then you can follow Pac-12, Locked on Pac-12 on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12. So good luck to all of you, all of you hoping that whatever NBA playoff team you're rooting for wins. And I'm going to keep mine to myself because I don't want LA people to kill me. <laughs> and yeah, that is that. Make sure you guys stay locked on Pac-12 at, on the Locked On Network.